outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we have no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Hey, this is Sabrina Marie. Happy Holidays. Today, we are celebrating not only the holidays of December, but the wonderful music of Linda Murphy Jr., who just sang us in. You can find out more about this great music by going to his website, LindaMurphyJr.com. This week, we talk about integrity and networking. I talk with the former vice president of Starbucks Coffee, Paula Boggs. She's with the Paula Boggs Band now. She wears many hats. She's an executive board member with the NASDAQ Sterling Financial, a voting member of the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, and she sits on many boards like the Red Cross and others. She's going to talk to us today about integrity and integrity in networking, really being there, serving, learning from people. It gives to you, you give to them, and you have a win-win situation. To find out more about Paula Boggs, go to our website, PaulaBoggsBand.net. Fantastic interview, fantastic segment, and happy holidays to everyone. Networking. Networking I wanted to talk to you about because getting from there and working in the business world and then getting to the corporate business world, you have to have that skill. We've already talked about getting out of the comfort zone, but it's also thinking outside the box, too. You've yes. been good at that. You've got to be able to really not only maneuver, think outside the box, and network because uh, you can't do it by yourself. What do you say about that? Well, you know, let, let's talk about being in the box and uh, being able to think outside the box. For me personally, and I suspect for a number of your listeners, People try to put you in boxes all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it really is uh, important for, for one to create one's own boxes, if you will, um, or find ways to avoid or mitigate the tendency for others to put you in boxes you don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. And you know, and to and to do that you have to be aware that people are trying to put you in a box. Uh, now I'll give you a perfect example of that. Uh, and this isn't in the workplace. This is um, something that you know, I encountered in high school, and I suspect many people have some form of this happen to them while in high school, even. So my story was I had a guidance counselor when I was attending high school in Germany who, despite my high SAT scores and GPA was urging me and my parents to send me to a community college. Wow. There's nothing wrong with community colleges. And, in fact, the community colleges of today are amazing Mm -hmm. in many respects. But uh, 
I knew, and my parents knew, I was Ivy League material. And so, in order to uh, realize that, I had to ignore the advice of my guidance counselor, as did my parents, mm. to, to create our own reality. Right. And, you know, guess what? That's where I ended up. But I could have easily ended up someplace else. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, many of us uh, find ourselves being, you know, shepherded, you know, into boxes that if we are not adroit and mindful, we'll get boxed up in. Mm-hmm. You're 100% right. Another thing that uh, goes right along with those boxes Environment, the people that yeah. you have around you, the people who are your mentors, the people who, um, you know, because you, say you you got boxed, you would be mm-hmm. boxed with what? It wouldn't be Ivy League material. It may That's not right. have, even and even if you didn't aspire to Ivy League material, it it most likely wouldn't have been where you wanted to go anyway. So that is exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, so environment. Very, what do you what do you say to that environment, and, and how important that is, and mentorship. Environment and, and mentorship. I can I can only speak for myself and what I have personally seen and been able to do for others. Mentorship and networking can be the difference. Uh, between uh, success and failure. Because there are very few people who get anywhere on their own. Wow. And I can I can count so many times when someone has seen something in me I didn't see in myself at the time. And in some cases, it took years for me to see that in myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, take Captain Satterwhite. He saw right. things in me I certainly didn't see in myself at the time of that conversation. Uh, but that was an act of mentoring. Uh, that was a gift he gave me uh, that has continued to give uh, throughout my career. Beautiful. That's wonderful. I was looking at your being on many boards and um, now the President's Committee on the Arts and the Humanities, School of yeah. Rock. That's working and listening and building with people, another form of networking. Yes. Congratulations on that appointment, as a matter of fact. That's, that hadn't been Thank that you. long. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on that. And you're working with these groups, boards and whatnot, networking. What are some of the things you've learned in corporate America that makes you material to be able to serve and do that type of work? Because people are going to wonder that. It's like, wow, she's on many boards. But you have to be able to work with people, and you have to be able to listen on both sides, the good and the bad. 
Yes. And, you know, I think it is really important to show up 110%, no matter what the task is. You know, when you're serving on a board, you know, and I've, and I've seen this um, over many, many years uh, in serving on many boards. Uh, there are board members who not only show up, they roll up their sleeves and they invest in whatever the mission is and they propel the mission forward. There are other board members, typically, uh, who are simply going through the motions. Mm. And you want to be in that first category and not in the latter. Because if you're in the first category and you develop a reputation for making things happen, that reputation will stay with you and you will reap the benefit of that reputation in uh, usual and unusual ways. Here's a perfect example. So I just um, I just rolled off the American Red Cross board. I had served on that board uh, for five years, and it was a tremendous uh, experience for me. Upon uh, rolling off that board, I reached out to a fellow uh, American Red Cross board member who I know is um, is serving on a number of corporate boards. And so I reached out to her and I, I said something along the lines of, it's been such uh, a pleasure uh, to work with you over the past five years. Um, I know you serve on a number of corporate boards. I aspire to serve on one more corporate board. If you if you know of opportunities you think I would be uh, well suited for, please keep me in mind. And that's mm-hmm. what I wrote her. Within a few hours, she wrote back to me and she said, Paula, I have an amazing board opportunity. I think you would be well suited for it's a board I'm on and I would love to serve with you again. Wow. Now, if I had been one of those board members at the American Red Cross who simply showed up or worse yet, failed to show up, was on the board but failed to show up or simply was going through the motions, I suspect, A, I would not have been able to write this board member in the first place, and B, certainly she would have not had a response along the lines of wanting to help me. Wow. Wow. And that, it's really, you're right, it is showing up, because when I look at um, 
you know, your record here. I mean, even the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, wow. Really being, being Grammys. (laughs) Yeah, the Grammys. Oh, yes, indeed. Most definitely. (laughs) I, um, also see School of Rock, and we're going to get into a little bit of music here. I've, I've been listening to the Reverb Nation and, and, you know, rock and roll and Lenny's in the house and, you know, (laughs) really love what I'm hearing because not only do we have a jazzy country or folk sound, but a very soothing sound mm. uh, at, the, at the same time, very positive sound. I see that uh, you were influenced by not only Miles Davis and Joni Mitchell, yes. or Nero, amazing yes. songwriter, Leonard Cohen and Pink Floyd, and I love Led Zeppelin. I love yes. Led Zeppelin. Trampled underfoot. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I uh, I love listening to what they call classic rock, and um, you've kind of blended those those uh, genres all together with with your sound. I wanted to talk about your band, and you were able to go from corporate America now to reinventing yourself. What do you say about reinvention? That's really thinking outside the box there. <laughs> you know, I love reinvention. <laughs> yeah, I do too. You know, and you know, for for me, you know, I I I speak about that transition uh, from time to time, and you know, one of the things I I say to not only my fellow boomers, but also to young people who are just starting in the world of work. You know, one of the things that has uh, really fueled me uh, over the course of really my life is the uh, pursuit of what I call the work of my soul. Yes. And, you know, and and for me, it has, you know, required that I ask the hard question, you know, what what do you need in a job or activity to to be fulfilled? Uh, and you know, one of the things that I know about myself is I'm a very mission driven person, and you know that doesn't and it doesn't really matter what the mission is so long as it is consistent with my value system. And so, you know, for me, you know, people say, well, you've had a lot of, you know, diverse things uh, in your career. That's true. But if you think about it, most of the things I've done, uh, including what I'm doing now with my rock band, are mission-oriented endeavors. And, and it's you know, and that doesn't really matter whether one's talking about the Army or Starbucks mm-hmm. because Starbucks is is a very mission-driven corporation. It is, mm-hmm. it is very focused on the quality of its coffee. It's very focused on, you know, surprising and delighting its customers, um, and it's very focused on 
showing up in the communities in which it does business in a positive way. Uh, and most people who come to work for Starbucks come to Starbucks and, and indeed stay because they believe in those things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, so when you, when you know that about me, what I've done in my career, you know, before, you know, leaping into this music thing uh, is, um, is understandable or at least more understandable. For me, music began, the story of Paula Boggs and music really began when I was a child uh, attending Catholic school in the segregated south of Petersburg, Virginia. Uh, and, you know, and one of the things that makes, uh, you know, sort of the Paula Boggs music story so... Um, I think different, if you will, is so I was this black kid in an almost all white Catholic school uh, in Petersburg at a time when the Catholic Church itself was uh, moving from uh, being, you know, all Latin to Vatican II, where for the first time, you know, Catholic churches in the United States were you know, not only having their mass in English, but they were embracing folk music. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was this, this young black kid who, you know, in my home, I was hearing the music of Sam and Dave and the Delphonics and this and that. But at school... I was hearing the music of Peter, Paul, and Mary, Simon and Garfunkel, and, and groups like that. And so, uh, and, and then in my mom's church, uh, my, my mom was uh, uh, AME, my dad was Catholic. And so, in my mom's church, I was hearing gospel music. And so, and so at a very early age, I had these exposures, um, diverse exposures, you know, sort of, you know, classic rhythm and blues, gospel, folk music. Uh, and then, you know, as, as I got older and we moved, uh, you know, from Virginia to Europe, I was exposed to, to even a more diverse array of music uh, while living in Germany and Italy. And so I think all of those influences show up in my music. I started playing guitar at age 10 and started writing music almost shortly thereafter. And so through, through my middle school, high school, college, and even law school years, uh, I continued to write music. Um, you know, by, by college and law school, I certainly wasn't performing very much, you know, an occasional coffee house, um, you know, performance here or there. Uh, but by the end of my 20s, I had totally given it up. 
Uh, you know, as my as my career climbed, uh, you know, it was one of those things that you know got put on the back burner and then <laughs> really got put in a box. Uh, and I thought it was gone. I thought it was one of those things that you know I had done as a young person, but you know I was doing different things now. What changed that was uh, about uh, nine years ago, my sister-in-law died in a car accident, age 36, um, and my my youngest brother's wife, uh, leaving a two-year-old daughter, and I was totally uh, distraught uh, by that. And as part of the grieving, uh, I took my guitar out again. And uh, before before I knew it, I was writing songs again. I had uh, the, the amazing, really, opportunity to take a one-year songwriter's course through the University of Washington. And through that, really for the first time in my life, I was part of a community of songwriters. Uh, at the end of that year, I had another mentoring moment uh, in that one of my songwriting teachers pulled me aside at the end of our year. She said to me, Paula, I think you really have something here. Uh, mm-hmm. And what a shame it would be if you don't keep going. Mm-hmm. And so that was 2006, uh, and with that, I made a New Year's resolution at the beginning of 2007 to do one open mic performance a month, which I did. And along the way, I started collecting other musicians who dug my sound and wanted to play with me, uh, by uh, January of 08, we had our first gig at a Seattle club, and we got that gig because one of my fellow band members uh, had you know, street cred with that club, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was through him vouching for my band that we even got a shot uh, but we did, and we've actually returned to that club um, a few times since then. Uh, but uh, that's how we started. In 2010, we made our first record, A Buddhist State of Mind, and now uh, we're closing in on finishing our second uh, album, uh, which will be called uh, Carnival of Miracles. We'll release that by the end of this year. And we're very excited about it. Beautiful. Beautiful. What can you tell us about this new album? It is um, it is a record of mostly original songs, songs that I wrote. Uh, the, the one exception is we are covering Neil Young's When You Dance 
I can really love. And we decided to do it in an, an extremely joyful way, which is not necessarily how Neil Young wrote it, but mm-hmm. that's how we wanted to interpret it. And uh, to put a fine point on it, that particular song ends with uh, a local Seattle uh, gospel choir singing wow. with me. So it's, it's just this very joyful, soulful uh, rendition of the Neil Young song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the rest of the songs, you know, are, are ones that speak to uh, various, uh, you know, flavors of who I am or what I've observed. Uh, and so the, the title song, Carnival of Miracles, was uh, inspired uh, by the Newtown tragedy. Um, mm-hmm. I, like almost all Americans, I'm sure, mm-hmm. I was horrified uh, in reading the news coming out of Connecticut mm-hmm. about all those kids uh, being so senselessly murdered and their teachers. Uh, and so uh, that was the seed that um, that led to my writing that song, um, Carnival of Miracles, the title song of the record. Um, you know, another another song on the record, um, Edith Coming Home, is really one of... Um, the story of a woman at end of life suffering from Alzheimer's a disease that so many Americans unfortunately have familiarity with, either because they've suffered from it themselves or some form of dementia, or a family member or mm-hmm. a friend has. Uh, and so um, what what inspired me uh, to write it was uh, my band, my bass player at the time uh, is the son of someone who suffered from Alzheimer's at end of life. He shared with me his mother's story, and that inspired me uh, to write that song. And so when people listen to the album Carnival of Miracles, um, there are certainly message songs like those. There are also um, lighthearted songs like um, the, the song Lenny that you've heard mm-hmm. is one of the songs that will will be on uh, that record. Uh, there's, there's a tongue-in-cheek song called The Get Along Song. Uh, which uh, you know, I think people will um, will enjoy. Uh, and then there there are a couple of love songs, or you know, songs looking at various uh, sort of angles of of love. Uh, and so you know, that's that's the record. <laughs> Beautiful. 
your your schedule for this year. Is there anything you would like us to know, and where can we find out more about what you're doing? Well, I would um, I would encourage your listeners to uh, to follow us uh, by by way of our website, which is www.paulbogsband.net, because we're uh, we're posting you know the progress of uh, you know, the blogs about the the progress of the record, and we're putting uh, samples of the album on that site uh, for for people to get previews of you know things to come. Uh, and so that that is the best way uh, to keep track of us. We don't know yet uh, when we will uh, release the album, but it will be this year. Mm-hmm. And following that release, we will, without doubt, tour. We haven't really figured out yet which cities. I mean, some are obvious. I mean, we will we will definitely start here in Seattle. Uh, we will do uh, an East Coast uh, tour that will include Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Philly, and um, New York. Uh, and we've got to figure out we've got to figure out the rest. Well, sounds exciting. We're looking forward to that. And we can find you what's the website? That website is www.paulabogsband.net. Beautiful. Well, I do thank you for being with us, spending this time with us, and letting us know a lot about you and what makes Paula Boggs tick. And we know now uh, that you are an out-of-the-box thinker and writer. (laughs) And so we'll be looking for more of this to come. Well, thank you, Sabrina Marie. It has been... My my pleasure to be part of your building abundant success. Thank you.